0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: We may live over 5,000 miles from Lincoln Financial Field, but what we lack in proximity we make up for in the film study and each and every week we will be bringing you in-depth film breakdowns from across the pond and the sooner state welcome to on the shane page i am your host shane half you can follow me on twitter at shane half nfl and i'm joined today by bgn's own johnny page give him a follow on twitter at johnny page nine johnny how are you doing this evening
0: yeah, I'm listening to the intro, and you mentioned every week we're bringing in-depth film reviews, and I'm thinking, eh, uh, this might be the first week we're uh, we're tr- we're uh, we're pushing the boundary of in-depth for this game. Although you could take it the other way and say most weeks you can probably load up Twitter and see lots and lots of film reviews. Uh, maybe this week not. So maybe this is the most in-depth one we do because no one wants to talk about this game in the world, and we are going to talk about it a little bit. Um, but I wouldn't say it's good if you count watching half a game in depth the best thing about this game was it was the quickest film i've watched all year um although somehow i almost find myself learning a lot and i actually i, I do think there's stuff to talk about shane so i know some people would disagree and say like we've seen everything before i think there is stuff to get into so we're not going to do like three points like normal little pullback behind the curtain because there's not really three points to talk about but there are some things i did want to talk about a little bit um and then i think we're going to look at how it might relate to the bucks game uh, where everyone has assumed that the Eagles are absolutely done and have no chance of winning, which is probably true. Um, but we'll find out. And maybe as we go through the numbers, we'll find a few things that will surprise us as well. But yeah, except for the Eagles sucking, i I'm all good. But that was a terrible game. I didn't actually watch it at all until the day after. Um, and I didn't watch the game properly. For the first ever time I watched like Red Zone, not the Eagles game, and I just watched the highlights of the Eagles when they came on because I just really, really had no interest. And I was obviously following the Cowboys as well. So if you watch that live then fair play that must have been horrendous i luckily did not suffer the live experience of that game because the film was bad enough
1: yeah we we started the uh, bgn instant reaction show at halftime and people were like you guys should just stay on for the whole second half and we'll just hang out instead of actually watching the game i was like no i'm gonna go pack up my house because i'm in the middle of moving so I was like, I'm just going to go pack my house and I hate packing, but as I'm boxing things up, I'm just going to pretend I'm boxing up coaches offices. And that makes it a little better for me. So, uh, yeah, I, I posted on Tuesday morning, I posted the, you know, the brace yourself meme. And I said, all 22 is coming. And the number of people that replied to me and were like, uh, sorry, but I can't relive that. I'm going to have to mute you for today. Uh, so, you know, we use in-depth, maybe this will be less in-depth, but we'll talk a little bit about the game. Uh, we'll spin it forward and you know look a little bit at the Bucks. but uh, let's dive into this mess of a game. Uh, Johnny, do you want to talk offense or defense first?
0: No, I was just thinking the same thing as you were talking <laughs> of, of late. So when we win, we seem to pick the thing that's the most interesting. When we lose, we pick the thing that went the most wrong. Um, I really think you could pick either side this week. I mean, how the hell do you decide at 24-0 whether the offense is worse or the defense is worse? Um, let's do, oh, I don't know. That's this is terrible podcasting. Let's just do offense. Let's just do offense. Um, I'll start with, I'm going to let you get to the blitz. I'm going to start with the fact we're not going to go back and forth in this game. Uh, for those of you expecting run game, just basically this is all I'm going to say, just run the ball. Like I, I didn't watch the game live. I mean, I was watching the film and I'm like, every run seems to be quite good. And then they just stopped running. And then I look at the numbers after the game and I see Kenny wills averaging like, I don't know, what, 10 yards to carry or something ridiculous at some point. And then I see your tweet where you mentioned he was like five carries for 53 yards and then just they didn't carry the ball again until they're like 24 nil down. And it sort of summed it up for me. Like this team can run the ball. I said last week I feel good about the offense running the ball. I really do. They ran some tackle trap. They ran some outside zone pinball. They're so good outside zone pinpool Shane. They're so good at running it at the moment. Like, they're, they're, the flow that offensive line has, that 12 personnel, they are killing it. Just run the ball a lot. Like, I will accept losing, and if they run the ball and it doesn't work and everyone gets annoyed, I'll accept it. So, um, basically, the only things I found interesting in this week was running game and the Eagles play against the Blitz. Like, nothing else excited me. And the fact that Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown seemed to be okay. Because um, when I saw that on red zone, I was – ready to fire everything out the window um, when I saw RJ Brown go down. Um, I've got nothing else on the offense. So I think we might as well get into the talking point that everyone's on about this week, um, which is the Eagles against Blitz. Uh, I think you've gone a little bit Blitz mad this week as well as I have. Um, so you want to talk first and i lied because i always lie i've got one other thing i want to talk about um but i'll do that after we get to the blitz there's one play in particular i want to speak about it's marcus mario's it's marcus mario's interception which you might think it's a niche topic but i'm going to explain why um but let's do the blitz first yeah start us off tell me why the eagles are terrible against the blitz right now because
1: they're designed to be terrible against the blitz. like it's really that simple um we could get into causes. So I did a, I did a, I've never done this before. I did a live all 22 breakdown at this morning. It's on Twitter, YouTube. I think it'll be on the BGN YouTube. If people want to check it out, where as I tag plays for the show, I just tag them with the play number and the side of the ball. So for example, like my third offensive play would be Oh three. And then I put a space and I just put a keyword blitz pin, pull crash, whatever it is that I want to point out. And so I just pulled in like some of the plays that I tagged as blitz and I went live and I wanted to look at like pre-snap. What do I see? How could you attack this? And then show that the way I would say you could attack it pre-snap will work. And the Eagles just run all vertical routes anyways. And, and that's really it. Like that's it. The, the Eagles just don't build anything in and you can go check out that video it'll be up on the bgn youtube page by the time you're hearing this podcast uh we've always said this podcast is sort of a it sort of accompanies that um and so go check that out i don't want to just necessarily re-break all of those down but then you have uh people are starting to say online uh that there's not hot routes in this offense because Jalen hurts can't throw them. You go back to 2020 when Nick Sirianni was at Indianapolis as the offensive coordinator for Phillip rivers. And it was West coasty. And you know, that was one of the things that, that people talked about Nick Sirianni when he was hired, he'll different offense every year for a different quarterback for like four years in a row in Indianapolis. And he will change it to fit his quarterback. And so they're saying, because that's not here, it's, it's an indictment of hurts. He can't do it. And I just think that's absurd. Like one, If Hurts, if Jalen Hurts can throw a slant on an RPO, he can throw a slant against the blitz. Like it's the same throw. So physically, he can make that throw. So we start there. So then we get into the mental aspect of it. If your argument is Jalen Hurts can't see the blitz pre snap, it's not like teams are being tricky here and blitzing a safety from eight yards off the ball while they drop an edge rusher into coverage that's what the eagles are trying to do and it doesn't work like it's not exotic pressures from depth like it's blatantly telegraphed the lion or the giants put seven guys on the line of scrimmage and they say we're coming to get you and you can't stop us like it's not tricky so i don't i don't think it's that you can tell from his body language and his drop that he's already kind of in panic mode because there's a blitz coming. He knows. And so maybe you want to argue that Jalen Hurts doesn't want hot routes because he wants to hunt big plays. And maybe he sees the blitz as a way to do that. And if he makes one guy miss, you're out on the edge and you can extend a play and try to get a big chunk gain. If that's coming from Jalen Hurts, then Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson need to be the grown-ups in the room and tell him no, that's not how football is played in the NFL. You can't live out a structure like this. So if it's a preference of Hertz, it should be overruled. If it's a preference of the coaches because they want to hunt big plays, then that's an indictment of them. And so then the last thing, and I think this one holds more merit than anything, um, is that people say that hot routes aren't in the offense because Hertz is jumpy in the pocket. And He sees the pressure coming and he wants to fall away. He wants to run away. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true because he has no answer. It's a what came first, the chicken or the egg. Is Hertz immediately dropping his eyes and running because he knows every route is going past the sticks? Or is every route going past the sticks because they know Hertz will just stand in there? I don't know which of those it is, but neither of them is good. Because if it's truly that if they run a slant against a blitz, Hertz would run away anyways. The coaches are doing him a major disservice by enabling him to ingrain these bad habits. Like I coached high school basketball uh, a few years back. And when we'd have a good player that just never learned to use his left hand, we didn't dial up every play to go to the right. We made him work on his left hand. Like you have, like the point of coaching is to develop players, give Hertz answers to the blitz, make him take them. And you get better. And maybe in January of 2025, we're not sitting here on a week 18 recap show talking about how the Eagles still have no answers for the blitz. So I don't care. Like, I'm not saying it's 100% on coaching. I'm saying coaching is not giving Jalen Hurts answers. And they may be doing that because of a weakness of Jalen Hurts. That's fine. You work on that weakness and you turn it into a strength. And I just think it's a major indictment of the coaching staff we've talked all year that coaches aren't dumb we think like they've got to be doing things for a reason and I don't understand what the reason is but I cannot think of a reason that doesn't make this still look really bad on the coaching
0: yeah I could not agree more like I think Jalen Hurts is a very very good quarterback and I was always count myself as a skeptic who is now fully convinced by him um Either way, I think you summed up, you put out a brilliant tweet, like either way it's support the coaching. Like Jalen Hurst isn't going anywhere. He's a very good quarterback. He's paid a lot of money. So if it's the coaching who can't change Jalen Hurst, then get a new coach. Um, All we've heard about Jalen Hurst's whole career is he's incredibly uh, sort of willing to take on board coaching, unlike someone like Carson Wentz was. I can't imagine he's sitting there going, absolutely no, I'm not doing this type of throw. Um, I want to talk a little bit about like how to play the Blitz this week because uh, there's a there's a lot of things going around my mind in this like people are now obsessed with hot and we've been talking about hot routes for ages and I think people need to sort of remember that like if you run quick game you don't need hot like so let's talk about what hot actually is like hot is normally where you have a concept it might be a down the field intermediate type style of concept and then uh, if you see pressure coming you might have a certain receiver or maybe even two depending on what side you think the pressure is coming from uh, if you're in like a two by two for example both your inside receivers might do the same thing depending on if the slots or the apex defender blitz over on their side and- essentially it's meant to be like a quick throw where that receiver will change his route based on the fact that the guy covering him is blitzed um the eagles never do that now when the eagles do well against the blitz it's not by hot routes there are other ways you can beat the blitz like i I really wish the eagles have had hots installed but there are other things you can do like as i said if you run quick game if you use motion if you take a concept like mesh which a lot of people know about or like drive where you have a shallow crossing route uh, let's say you put the receiver in motion and you run a shallow crossing route i mean that's essentially like a a good route to run against the blitz if you want to argue that you can maybe get in his hands and he can run away there's different things you can do uh, the other big thing i think what really good teams do against pressure is they use motion and we don't use motion so you can talk with all you want about whether motion is necessary or not and i've always defended the eagles a little bit in there and said so i don't think it's as necessary as some people say it's depending on the style of the eagle's offense and i understand that but you can also use motion um But there is one play, Shane, that I like. I lost it this week. Like I think you know what play I'm going to say. Um, it's the most annoying play I may have watched as an Eagles fan in like forever. It's play two of my film, Fred, and I have a feeling it's not going to surprise you at all. uh, What play two in my film, Fred, is. So the reason why I chose this play, we're not going to break down like hundreds of plays against the Blitz, is because I want you to look, Shane. You said rightly so. Maybe the Eagles aren't adjusting to pressure. Wrong. Because if you watch the clip, the Eagles know pressure's coming. If you watch the offensive line, they see it. They a hundred percent see pressure coming. And if you I think if you press play, I've got enough of this clip filmed. I hope I do. Where you will see them calling out the protection. Look, they see him, they point to him, they know he's coming, Shane. They've Hertz is pointing to him. And then I'm pretty sure that they run the same play anyway. And this is where I don't know if it's Hertz or coaching, as we've said, either way, it's on coaching. Um, I had a really good conversation actually with uh, Patrick on Twitter, who I should know his handle, but p- people who are on Eagles Twitter, you know who Patrick is. Um, he said, isn't the, the hot route to like the guy in the slot uh, running the little out motion. And I don't pretend to know anything more than anyone else. I'm not in the room, but I don't think it is. I think that play is purely part of the progression. I think that's a check down. And the difference with a check down is that means he has to get through his progressions before he gets to the check down. It's not a case of him snapping it and throwing it. Now, Look at this again pre-Snap Shane, because I, I do feel like I'm going a little bit insane in this play. When you know he's blitzing, like all you have to do is look at those two guys over Goddard, And if they come, Goddard's just got to turn around. Or even better, the guy behind Goddard, who I don't actually know is on this particular play. Um, one of you just turn around and you can use the other two to block like your two. Like, I think this is hilarious because I think this is a terrible blitz by the Giants. If we did this, we would be going mad. They pull their Linebacker who's over the center slash right guard, and they ask him to drop. Sorry, is that him? He's, he's, no, sorry, it's the guy with his hand in the dirt. He, he's with hand in the dirt over the right guard, and he has to drop back out to make it three on three on the right side. Like I think that's a rubbish blitz. I think that is a, a that's a thing for the sake of blitzing. And I had a, there, I had another conversation there are no rubbish
1: blitzes against yeah. the Eagles.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And you're right. And I had a conversation with someone as well who says why doesn't hurt? Let's just throw it to Goddard. And I get it. Like, it looks open, but he's not turning around. Like, you don't see quarterbacks throw to receivers who aren't looking. The ball could hit them on the head. It could land on the back. It could bounce up anywhere. This has to be planned. Like, I I don't really know what to say anymore about this play because I find it so easy. And I'm certain, Shane, that they've seen the blitz coming. I'm certain. And I think, and I am, and I don't want to put a number on it, let's say 80% convinced. I'm convinced this is actually the way the play is meant to work. So if you let me explain, I think the plan here is we've seen the blitz coming. We know it's coming from the right. I think Hertz is that good of an athlete that he can break pocket and break contain, basically. And now if you go back to Shane, to when he breaks the the pockets, if you keep running here and pulls it in like three seconds, I think if, and I, I genuinely think this like now, I think if you were to show an Eagles coach this, they might argue that that is their plan against the blitz. Plan is to get outside the pocket because then you've got a great athlete in space. You've hopefully got six or seven giant defenders being taken away. And, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to issue the word, Shane. Eagles fans don't want to hear. Do you know what? It's an opportunity to create explosive, an explosive play. play and a hot route maybe gets you five, six yards and he gets tackled. I think it all goes back to that because I, I joke and we joke about this. So like, and I know people get frustrated, but the Eagles coaches are not dumb. Like, I, and Nick has got one of the best win percentages we've seen across the league in three years. It's not a fluke. that Brian Johnson goes through interviews. Like, I know people want to shout and scream at their televisions and computers and say, oh, the coaching staff. But I do not know more than them. Like, I know that for a fact. <laughs> it's, so there is a plan here, and I'm desperately trying to figure out what it is. Um, and I'm really struggling. I, I, I'm really struggling. And but I, I don't know if you agree with me. Do you think the plan here is actually Hurts to beat pocket or do you think he's run out of time to throw the ball like I can't make up my mind but I feel like there has to be a plan like there has to be it's not, not just run the same play there has to be they see pressure coming Shane they know it's coming they got done by the Giants two weeks ago um, they know pressure is coming here whether the answer right or not is highly up for debate but do you agree with me to an extent that like this must be part of the plan or am I just rationalizing something that is not possible to rationalize
1: no, I think that's part of it. I think that they think it's a chance to hunt big plays. And if that's it, your receivers are so bad in scramble drill. Like, nobody, nobody's breaking to get open. Like, it's just a bad plan. And this is one of the plays. This is one of the plays I had tagged up that I broke down live. But if we just talk about this play, like, just like you said, it, There's seven guys rushing here, potentially, and we've got six blockers. So, however you want to set up your protection, whether it be Gainwell coming to the edge, Gainwell coming to one of the linebackers, whatever, you've got someone, one person supposed to block both of these guys. If they both come, you're hot. You've got someone unaccounted for. And if they both come, You've got these two defenders over these three guys off a ton. Well, that tells us that somebody is probably coming off the line of scrimmage to block or to cover that guy. So I would guess it's going to be one of these linebackers. It ends up being this guy with his hand in the dirt. But either way, just like Dallas Goddard should be looking. If they both blitz, you should, he should run a hitch. He should run a slant. He can run a streak and just be looking over his shoulder for the ball either way but like if you're concerned the only way this dies only way this is bad i like the slant is if this linebacker bails right under it but if that happens you now have enough people to block this up six on six and you have time for the rest of your play to run uh, or it maybe you run this perimeter receiver on the slant so the there's no possible way the linebacker can get out there I don't know there's so many ways to beat this. That is so easy. Um, There's nothing to say about it at this point. The Eagles are not going to do it. it. It is for whatever reason, whether this comes from Hertz, whether this comes from the coaching staff, I don't know, but I just bring it back to, if this is coming from the coaching staff, this is fireable. If this is coming from Hertz, the coaching staff not overruling him on this is fireable. Either way, this is horrific. Look for the coaching staff. And we've been talking about it for as long as we've done this podcast. I've been talking about it for two years. It's, it's just there. It's there. And that doesn't mean that hurts doesn't share some responsibility. There's times hurts bails from pockets when he doesn't need to. There's no answers. There's just not.
0: Yeah, I think think if you leave like that screen up for just a second, because I'm going to say something incredibly positive, Shane, that people are going to think I'm crazy for. I have a sneaky suspicion. It's just an inkling in the back of my mind that the Eagles might have a couple of answers against the Bucks, against the Blitz. And I'll explain why, because I spoke about how good the coaches or should be like their professional coaches. This is the first week I feel like he's blowing up in the media. Like we've been talking about it for two years. Honest NFL might be going on about it on Twitter for a year or so. Um, I feel like this week it's fully gone big. Like I've seen Dallas Goddard being asked it in like interviews on TV. Like, uh, what's his name on ESPN? Is um oh, what's his name? Dadilowski's breaking down stuff they're doing against the blitz. Like it's now like I feel like gone mainstream. Like Nick is getting grilled about it in press conferences. They they got an eight-day rest into the Bucks. They've gone from a team who blitzes a lot to playing a team who blitzes a lot. Like, I don't think they're gonna come up with this brilliant plan, Shane. But, I mean, I've seen them do some stuff this year against the Blitz. I've seen them run a lot. you could just literally, and I'm not kidding, just I'll accept now. And people got annoyed at this. They hated the bubble screens and stuff. Just just run a screen. He's better than getting sacked. Just hope your guy wins one-on-one. Run Kenny Gainwell here on a tear motion or whatever. Answer the right. Throw it to him. Create a four-strong look. He's got three blockers in front of him. Um, You might have a chance. Some other things I'd like in the Blitz, I think you can get under center as well because I think it means that you haven't got to catch the ball and hold it and throw it properly. So i watched a lot of what Lamar Jackson did and the Ravens against the Blitz against 49ers a few weeks ago. And by the way, a lot of what they do is just throw it short and hope their guys can make plays after the catch. I wouldn't say it's this brilliantly designed scheme that wins down the field all the time, but that is doable. Um, maybe I'm crazily optimistic, Shane, and I'm just going to end up entirely wrong, but I feel like there has to be, some answers this week because let's not be dramatic like both sirianni and brian johnson can lose their job if there's not because if there is nothing i think they might be done at least brian johnson's done um because it's inexcusable like it really is inexcusable there is not really anything else to say at this point except for like your professional coaches you've got eight days i'm not asking for the world's best answers here in one week just put a few in just know certain hot spots third and long maybe even first down where the pressure is going to come and worst case just play one play to a personnel and block like th- there's stuff you can do very easily we don't need a whole off season you might need a whole off season to figure out your philosophy towards the blitz. you don't need a whole off season still Dallas Goddard to turn around like you could get kids down the park and be like oh if the guy in front of you runs just turn around and catch the ball like I, mean, I know it's very basic and football's not always that basic but sometimes it is um is there anything else you wanted to say about this particular play shame
1: no no uh Maybe they just need to start playing the song, turn around on repeat in the locker
0: room. Yeah. Just it, just put, put that
1: hard. on, load that up on Dallas Goddard's iPhone and just make him listen to it all day during practice.
0: Right. I want to talk one more play, Shane, just one more play. Then we're going to get onto a little bit of defense. Cause we said we weren't going to spend long. And even now we spent 20 minutes on the blitz. Uh, can you go to play seven on my, um, film for it, please? Cause I think it sort of sums up this coaching staff and offense at the moment. Uh, this is Marcus Mariota's first play, so you might say, like, why the hell are you judging the coaching staff by, by Mariota? Um, now, this could possibly be a, like, by all means, blame Marcus Mariota. But the reason why I hate this play is just because, like, execution-wise, fundamentals-wise. So I am not a coach; I've never coached in the NFL. Clearly, I won't be doing this. <laughs> and. Uh, I'm watching this play thinking, right. So if you look at the pre-snap look, the Eagles have got two on two on the left. And one of the cornerbacks is right up on the guy who's going to catch the ball. And the other safety or apex defender is like five yards away. Instantly, I'm saying, this can never be thrown. Like I'm trying to configure in my head how they're going to block this. So normally when you run a tunnel screen, your slot receiver blocks the outside cornerback. And then uh, you basically hope the guy comes in on the screen, catches it, and beats the safety one on one. Just look pre-snap. Like This play's never on. It's obvious that this ball should go to the running back in motion. And it just sort of tells me, like, I know Mario is his first play. And some people might say, listen, Johnny, you're being well harsh here on the coaching because Mario should just throw it to the running back. But I think this is a deliberate fake to the running back. And I'm not even sure this is like a real built-in read. I think he almost turns to fake it. And then it's meant to go back to the screen because you don't actually get any blocking on the motion really down the field. There's, so I find it really difficult, right, to analyze this. But the reason why I'm, I mentioned this, Shane, and there's a reason why I'm bringing this up is because I said I'm not a coach. So because I'm sad and I like to know how these things work, um, second I saw this play, I went on YouTube and I typed in coaching clinic tunnel screen. And anyone can do this. Like You can go on YouTube can go on Google, just type in how to run a tunnel screen. And I can't remember whose coaching video I found. It might be one of the ones that you always see like James Light or something. And the very first point, Shane, right, They broke down the screen because everyone draws it the same. Everyone draws it the same. They said the exact same as Eagles do it here. They said, the way you do it is your slot wide receiver marks the outside cornerback. Your left tackle has to get in space and block the safety, right? Simple. Simple, so everyone blocks this the same. Now, this was the very first thing, and I'm not kidding, that the the video I watched said that, again, anyone can go on YouTube and type in these videos. He said, the problem with the title screen is you have to be very careful if the cornerbacks are very close to both players. Now, before it snaps, Shane, look at the position of both of them. That is nearly an impossible block, like for the slot receiver. The second thing they said was this play is very difficult against a press corner because there is very, very limited room for the slot receiver to get out and block the outside cornerback. Well, look at this play, Shane. He's in a press position. And the second thing it says is you need to make sure the receiver doesn't go backwards. He almost ends up running flat. You want them coming across almost like that motion that Miami runs, because what you can then do is you get a much better blocking angle because the cornerback has to come flat, not down. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? The cornerback has to come sidewards rather than downhill, because if the cornerback comes downhill, slot wide receiver is not going to be able to block him. Whereas if the cornerback comes flat, he's going to run straight into the slot wide receiver. I'll be on Shane, until this week. I've never thought much about tunnel screens or analysed the coaching behind it. But I spent 10 minutes of my evening watching a play called How to Run a Tunnel Screen from a coaching clinic. And I only watched the first 10 minutes. And I would say the Eagles break every single rule. And I'm not exaggerating. In this, Don't throw it when the safety and cornerback are closer to the line of scrimmage. They both are. Don't throw it against the cornerback who's in press coverage. The cornerback's in press coverage. When you run it, make sure the wide receiver comes out flat so the cornerback doesn't get downhill. The wide receiver comes backwards towards the ball. The cornerback comes downhill. And if you watch the slot wide receiver, he can't block him because the cornerback has gone downhill. So he's already too far inside. Like, I don't mean to be rude towards whoever schemed this up. It's a tunnel screen, Shane. Everyone runs a tunnel screen. How many teams do you see a tunnel screen resulting in a pick six or whatever? It doesn't happen. And it's because fundamentally, whatever the coaching staff are doing right now, by the way if you want to go even more depth one of the other points i said was make sure you catch it and throw it Mariota doesn't do that he catches it looks around takes a step but let's not blame the coach for that one because it's back up that. let's blame Mariota for taking too long to get the ball out of his hand fundamentally execution wise everything's wrong now i've just said i've gone on the monologue about the coaches being smart on the previous thing it feels to me like the offense is just a little bit lazy i've said this for a while i said this in last detail and they don't do the detail correctly like they just seem to like oh title screen that'll work this stuff has to get repped it has to get coached hard the nfl is difficult like i'm not blaming individuals Do the players know exactly what they're being told but it's hard shame there's a lot of plays offenses run there's a lot of specific details to remember but guess what it's a very well-paid job that you spend a lot of time preparing for and it's a gr- the reason why i wanted to talk about this play was i've spent five minutes talking about title screen but i find it's such a nice example of fundamentally why the eagles are not executing well and it's too easy talking about play calls. This is a tunnel screen. Everyone runs it. It's about the execution. Like, you could do other things here, Shane. You could use, as I said, the motion that the Dolphins use to give it to the guy. Else. You could even do a stack. Run a screen from a stack. Have the slot receiver directly above the guys catching it. There's hundreds of things you can do. But the Eagles are just like, oh, yeah, two wide receivers next to each other. Yeah, tunnel screen. Yeah, we'll run that. And Marcus, you can almost imagine them going, oh, it's Mario It's first snap. Let's give him an easy one. Go into empty. Let's run a screen. Nice, easy throw. Get him a completion. And they don't seem to think about the look, what they're coming up against, what to do if the Giants press, what to do if their safety is quite uh, close by. Is the receiver no to make sure he comes flat? Like, if, right, if they're in press, we're going to do something different. So if they're in press coverage, we're going to use motion instead. So we can help. Them. Like, they just run the same play. I'm pretty convinced that play would be run that way, whether the Giants were in coverage where they're already far off, or whether they were really close. Um, I spoke about another play last week, um, the 3rd and twenty. Another play where it's just a screen, and it's such a small thing, but it's a minor detail of execution that I think the offense is failing on. That point, I'm less optimistic about them fixing, because I think fundamentally they miss the small stuff, and I think that stuff is irreversible until either a coaching staff changes or b they really assess what they're doing wrong and they really fix it hard. And this is not just a Brian Johnson point. Brian Johnson is the leader of offense as well as Sirianni, but he's not in every single meeting repping every single play that's wide receivers coach that's quarterbacks coach it's everyone in that building uh and it's a bit depressing but i thought it was a really nice play because it took me 10 minutes to look at a coaching clinic and these are guys that are paid to be that knowledgeable and i'm not being rude but i don't see it right now
1: in the words of jason kelsey it's the whole team it's a, it's a fundamental failure all the way across the board coaching staff players schematic execution. It's all of it. So uh yeah, good job on that. I also just wanted to point out that it's the most predictable call in the world, right? Backup quarterbacks in, we motion to empty, we're throwing a screen. Neither one of those corners takes a single step back. They're coming downhill. They, that's the worst, one of the worst defenses in the NFL knowing exactly what you're about to do before you do it because you're so predictable. And maybe that's maybe the predictability of the offense is why the defense goes so overboard to be quote unquote unpredictable. And so, uh, we can talk about that as well. Uh, so watching the defense, um, the, it it all starts on, I mean, it all starts on the first play. The, the giants watched what the Cardinals did last week and they know, Hey, if we go 12 personnel, The Eagles are going to counter that with a five-man front, and then if we put two wide receivers on Hassan Reddick's side and two tight ends on Josh Sweat's side, Hassan Reddick will drop into coverage, and that's what they do. Uh, The Eagles do exactly that. You've got Jalen Carter trying from a four-eye technique—that's that's that's head like he's head over the inside shoulder of the tackle, trying to contain a mobile quarterback while being double-teamed, and obviously it doesn't work. Tyrod Taylor breaks the pocket. You get Hassan Reddick in no man's land where he's got to decide whether he comes up and plays the quarterback or stays with the receiver. You get an explosive play on the first play of the game. And I, it's just frustrating to see this continue to happen. Like at the very least, at the very least, if you're going to do that, put Jalen Carter on the other side. So you're not guaranteeing a double team for him. Like, with that one play call, the Giants neutralized the two best pass rushers that the Eagles have Hassan redick because they got him into coverage Jalen Carter because then they could double team him and you know I put out a clip of Jalen Carter just murdering the right guard later in the game when he's one on one it's amazing how good he can look when you don't scheme up double teams for him uh, i I don't know i I'm at a loss with the defense there's another rep that There's another rep that I'll show that uh, people were really upset about. They were after Avante Maddox on this one. And I'm pretty sure this is Josh Sweat. I broke this play down. Uh, So first of all, the Eagles are going to drop Josh Sweat into coverage. And they're not going to drop him into coverage so they're rushing four. They're going to drop him into coverage so they can blitz Kevin Byard from eight yards off the ball. So that's step one. Drop a pass rusher so we can blitz the safety from a different zip code. And so the resulting thing is we're doing a fire zone blitz. That means we've got three deep, three deep defenders. And we've got three underneath defenders, which is going to be one, two, three. Now, the way fire zone blitzes work uh, is our outside our outside defenders—they're man man on man against a number one receiver. If he goes vertical, uh, then our number two guy here, Avante Maddox, he's responsible for number two. If he goes vertical, Josh Sweat relates to the number three receiver. Here's the issue: who's the number three receiver right now? Well, it's Saquon Barkley out of the backfield, right? However, if Saquon Barkley goes outside, and this guy comes inside who's the number three receiver now? Well, it changes. It's now this guy on the slant. And so Avante Maddox doesn't mess this up. Avante Maddox is supposed to relate to the number two receiver, which as they cross becomes Saquon Barkley. Josh Sweat messes this up. And I mean, to be honest, how dare an edge rusher not realize that the number three receiver switched because they crossed each other with complex matching rules. Like, I don't expect Josh sweat to know that like this is just putting a guy in a position to fail and you get this resulting play and he runs another 30 yards after the catch. Cause the Eagles can't tackle. And even if they could tackle, there's nobody in the vicinity and, and there's stuff like this all the time. You get another one. That's a big play to, uh, Avant or it was a big play to where's it at? I've got it right here. It's a big play to Saquon Barkley. And like, just tell oh, me good. how this is ever supposed to work.
0: You've this got Nolan shame. Smith. This is the worst play I've ever seen. Like I am yeah, not I'm genuinely not kidding. It might be the worst play on defense as a call I've ever seen. Like it's so bad. So,
1: yeah, step 1, we're going to try to have Nolan Smith cover Saquon Barkley 30 yards downfield. Not how I would use a first-round pick edge rusher, but it's what the Eagles want to do. Okay, fine, you live with that. But step 2, At the snap of the ball, Saquon Barkley is running full speed to the boundary, utilizing motion, and Nolan Smith is standing still. You have already lost, but as if already losing isn't enough, we talked about defending bunches, right? And it's really important that you be at different levels with your defenders. We're right here on the same level, so not only are we at a speed disadvantage because Barkley's moving and we're not, now we have to sort through this trash. Try to get over the top. There's just no chance. Like, there's no chance. You could not more intentionally set up a defense to fail on a chalkboard if you tried than something like this. And so we can talk about tackling and we've done it. And we can talk about pass rush integrity and we've done it. At the end of the day, the coaching staff is failing this defense.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we're not even going to bother talking about like the missed tackles in this game because everyone's seen them. There's so many clips going around on Twitter of people missing tackles. There's one by Bradley Roby. There's one by Zach Cunningham. Like I'll just say this, just there's nothing we can talk from a fun point of view, schematically about two guys missing a tackle. Like that's just purely on the players. I think the biggest issue this week, and you already highlighted it in your first, um, sorry, your second clip there. Uh, by the way, I think that last play you showed is another example of the Giants knowing the Eagles rules and knowing that if they motion to a two receiver side, they're going to use their edge as part of a five man front to get in coverage. Um, so I think they're basically using the receivers rules against them. I'm not lying. And maybe I'm being like exaggerative here, but have you ever seen a play where a running back on the wheel has two separate linebackers running five yards behind him? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. I watched it live and I was like, like who? they doubled him and no one's got him. Like it's, the, it's like Moreau passes him off, but doesn't, he passes him off, but realizes it's so bad that he can't really pass him off. So there's no point like Nodansmith, Nodansmith, a rush quarterback. Like he's irrelevant. Nicholas Moromas will just stay with him. Like their defensive rules of late, and listen, I'm gonna say something again, Shame, screwing on everyone. Matt Patricia is not this bad. Like, I think what's happening is they've changed scheme. We've already heard players say they've changed terminology. And I think everyone's just lost. Like, I think they're lost. I think they're they're communicating so poorly. There are so many examples of bad communication in this game, like so many. Um, the one that I think a lot of people see was the third and long completion. Um, I think it is play eight or no it's not. It is play uh seven um on my film thread. I don't actually know if it's definitely on Maddox, but normally when you run cover three, especially on third and eleven, if you're the slot corner you need to make sure that you get depth to take away the intermediate route he's playing four yards away from the short one and he's six yards away from the deep one that you need that to be the opposite he needs to get deeper and deep i mean look he's not even on the first the the, um the first down line um i don't that i might be wrong maybe the eagles are running some weird sort of match here and bank chips meant to cover anything outside but i'm pretty sure this is standard covered three and i'm pretty sure maddox is just too shallow like if you draw if you imagine if you pause it and you stick maddox like now if you stick him five yards deeper he's on the third down line basically sorry where the first down marker is and that throw is not made and the throw gets made short and him and Blankenship charge rally it's a six or seven yard gain like this happens around the NFL everywhere but to defend Maddox and is experienced, and he's not played well since come comeback but I would also assume that what you want your de- defense to do here is Blankenship and uh, I think it's uh, Eli Ricks here shouting like they have I don't know what a call is here to get a cover free call about going back. But, you know, like make sure he's aware that someone's behind him. Like, I just think there's a total lack of communication. Um, the other example, which is like hysterically bad, like genuinely hysterically bad is play 11. Because this is the exact play that I want the Eagles to do more of. I want them to play zone match i want them to rush for i basically want jonathan Gannon back for the next two weeks i'm sorry i said it uh just rush four and play match so if you look here you've got four over three and you've got three over two so what we call and again i don't know the exact rules they might call it something different but normally you see a form of box coverage with four you see a form of triangle coverage with the three uh if you're wondering where the things come from it's not rocket science because you get four defenders you can draw a box <laughs> you get three you can draw a triangle uh i'm watching this like yeah brilliant And they had a really good snap, actually, of match coverage in the first half. I tweeted that out just to make myself feel happy for a second. They had a really nice uh, snap. Like, this is simple, like, just look at the communication. You can see them all looking at each other. Like, again, how things are coached can be slightly differently. So I don't exactly know. And I hate putting fingers to blame on individuals because I think every defense can coach every play slightly differently. They might even say on this particular play, because Saquon Barkley is playing the that certain position, for example, I want you to stay with. Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's hard to always give exact blame. So I'm not going to blame individuals too much, but just look at the lack of communication. They should be like an undercall, or they need to be shouting ready to, and there's just nothing like there's just nothing and the other issue you get is something that i think you have been the best on the podcast or not on the podcast on the eagles twitter this year is their gap integrity is really bad as well and quarterbacks keep and that's why people keep saying why is the pass rush so bad the pass rush is bad because they don't work as a team they don't work as a unit and i think the eagles must just be lost i think they must just all be confused i think they're fed up i think they're confused um I think the best thing about the Eagles this week, and we'll talk about it a little bit when we have a very quick look towards the Bucks this week, is just to go as basic as humanly possible. Like run like the same coverage on third down. I, I really don't care at this point. If they get Darius Slay back, Cunningham and Mora are another week healthier. Uh, Avante Maddox is another week healthier. You might be able to line up with a half decent team. Like the team might be reasonably talented if Slay is back. Um, So just literally make it as basic as possible. Just run the most simple vanilla defense. If you're going to get beat, get beat by great plays. Don't get beat by breakdowns in communication. It's just all breakdowns. Nearly every big play was a massive execution of tackling, which happens when you've got bad players, and then just a massive miscommunication. Um, There are loads of other examples of miscommunication as well. Um, I managed to tweet out 11 clips this week from the first half, which I'm not sure why I did, but there was just so many things I wanted to show. I was like, well, this is bad this is bad there was some good by the way if you want to talk positives very very quickly Jordan Davis uh, Milton Williams look good Um, Jordan Jordan Davis in particular I thought looked really good against the run so they're not totally dead yet Um, they've got some good players man I know people feel like this defense is like the worst in the league but they do have players that can play it's just they don't know what they're doing and they're so confused I feel like by terminology calls I mean, Reddick and Sweat, obviously just not very good at dropping. And you could have a whole debate about the fact they maybe need to be better. But there's so many, so many, so many things we could talk about. Um, I'm pretty much done on defense. Is there anything else you wanted to show? I can see a play right in front of me, so I'm guessing there is.
1: Yeah, the gap integrity you talk about, I've got a good and a bad example. Uh, Hassan Redick is stunting inside. That means that Milton Williams right here now has to contain the pocket. And he just doesn't. Like, watch this play. Reddick is going to stunt inside. This is that tackle uh, or, uh TE stunt. I think it's TE. I can't remember which letter comes first, but TE, the tackle uh or the end comes over the tackle. And Milton Williams needs to get upfield here to keep Tyrod Taylor in the pocket, but watch what he does. He dives inside and just like he's going the exact same place Reddick is supposed to go. How how do you expect a quarterback to be kept in the pocket on that? And it's an incomplete pass. It doesn't matter. That's just terrible. Um, If you want to see a good example of what it looks like, um, let's see. Here it is. Now, the problem here is, well, I guess it's not a problem, but these are your backups. Uh, This is your backup pass rushing. Except for, I mean, uh, I'll I'll point out several things here. First, let's watch Brandon Graham on the edge here. Um, He's going to get up field. Now, he has the choice. He has the choice about right now to continue going around the horn, which would give a big room for Tyrod to step up and run. And what does he do? He throttles down and works back upfield. He closes this off. So watch him. He's coming back up. He's cutting that off. That's just one part of it, though. Watch Marlon Tui Tuipilotu and watch Moro Ojomo on the inside. Tui Tuipilotu, this is not a pass rush win. Nobody wins on this rep. But they stay in their lanes. There's actually good coverage downfield. And where's Tyrod going to run with this? Like, if he tries to run, you've got Graham coming back. You've got Tui Polotu right there. You've got Ojemo, uh moving. There's just nowhere for him to go. That's good team defense. And not one person wins their pass rush rep on that play. Not one person wins. As a team, they win because they did their jobs. And, and you see that too much. Uh, and then just one other thing I want to point out. Uh, because he's a podcast favorite at this point. This was a great rep by Moro Ojimo in run defense. Uh, he's your guy. He gets the double team here. And just watch, like, oh, sorry, that this isn't a double team. But still, he gets one-on-one with the guard and with, like, one arm, turns him sideways and pushes him across the hash into the hole. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, Moro Ojomo has been a fun player to watch in limited reps, and I'm excited to watch him moving forward.
0: Yeah, I've got a little bit actually to say about the defensive line, but I'm going to leave it to a little bit of a preview. We're, going to, we're not going to do too much of a preview. We're not really preview guys here because I find it very difficult to predict what coaches are going to do, especially the Eagles coaches. But I do have a few thoughts about the Eagles defense against the Bucks matchup. So, I mean, you're meant to be the podcast host. So you always take the break. So I'll let you say your little break spiel. And then I think we'll do a little preview. All right. So we will throw it to a quick break and we'll be
1: right back. Uh, and we will talk brief uh, Eagles-Buccaneers preview back after this. And We are back here on the Shane page, turning the page to a wild card preview, a matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a rematch from a week three game where the Eagles rushed for over 200 yards. And so uh, I know a lot of people are really defeatist about this game, and I certainly get it. Eagles losing five of their final six games the Buccaneers have won five of their final six games but I don't think people have watched the Buccaneers this is a team that's beat the Carolina Panthers nine to zero uh, and were the beneficiaries of a fumble out of the end zone for a touchback like it very realistically could have been seven to nine with the Panthers just needing a field goal to win that game and knock the Bucs out of the playoffs this is not a good football team however I certainly get it uh the eagles have not been a good football team as of late either and johnny and i talked about this off air neither one of us really loves previewing games i would much rather watch film and tell you what happened than try to make guesses about what i think will happen but we can talk schematically about some things that the buccaneers do some things the eagles could do to counter so uh johnny let's dive into this do you want to talk uh eagles offense versus bucks defense first or vice versa
0: yeah let's do eagles offense first why not Okay,
1: I'll throw so I'll throw the SIS charting numbers up here, and we can look at it and see if anything uh, sticks out to you. The, the biggest thing that I know, the Buccaneers love to blitz. Uh, they blitz on 40% of their snaps, which is the third highest rank in the league. Now, uh, the Honest NFL on Twitter has been talking about the Buccaneers blitzing, and if you're not following him, uh, you should. Now, if Johnny and I are like the 101 level, football, football schematics course. He's like the graduate level course. He may be over your head and that's totally fine. Uh, we'll, we'll, you can stick with us as well. I'm not trying to run anybody off, but one of the biggest things he's talked about with the Buccaneers is that they're not running pressures in the same way that the giants do. In fact, most of the times they're sending only five. And if you're sending only five, you're just trying, it's what the Eagles do. You're trying to get one-on-one matchups across the board hoping that somebody can win and the Eagles can be better equipped to deal with that because you're, you shouldn't have free runners coming at Jalen hurts. You should still be able to run your offense. And in fact, the Buccaneers have not been a good team blitzing. If you look at success rate, uh, they go from the eighth best defense by success rate when rushing four to the 22nd best defense by success rate when they blitz. So they do blitz a lot. They're not particularly good at it And, and they shouldn't be now. They've seen what's on film and Todd Bowles may scheme something up, but typically they have not been running the style of pressures uh, that have given the Eagles difficulties. So uh, when you think about the Buccaneers, especially about them blitzing, uh, what do you expect to see uh, in that matchup, Johnny?
0: Yeah. So it's an interesting one. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what, when I watched the game in week three, um, I think it was week three. We played them, right? It 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 was a long time ago. Um, the Eagles offense were really good. And I went back and read my film review and I went back and uh, had a look um, at some of my film friends as well. In the Bucks. And the thing that stood out was a heavy dose of 12 personnel. Um, the Eagles really went after the Bucks with 12 personnel in that game, which is a good sign because they've been running a lot of 12 personnel of late. And I think it's their best uh, look. The Eagles absolutely ruined the Buccaneers, as you mentioned, in the run game. It was a very simple run game, actually. It was inside zone, it was counter, it was QB draw, uh, the good stuff. Uh, the Eagles, the Buccaneers, sorry, really struggled. Their linebackers, in particular, I think they had a very, very aggressive starter defense. And their linebackers struggled a lot with sort of RPOs, read option. They were really confused um, in general in this game. Um, some of the interesting things the Eagles did was, firstly, they ran the ball a couple of times against the Buccaneers Blitz because what the Bucks like to do was they like to overload a single side and the eagles were brave enough on i think in one occasion third and six just to run to the opposite side so could we see some third and five third and six runs to try and defeat the blitz and try and get into fourth and short the other thing they did was they had uh, answers against the blitz like actual answers but i don't think they were again we're going to get into this discussion between hot and game uh sort of quick game i don't think I think they had clear hot routes necessarily. I think they just ran quite a lot of quick game. So the plays that they converted, for example, they ran like a nice slant Dallas Goddard that I remember watching. And it wasn't, I think it's a hot route. I think it was the schedule. It was a slant flat, like everyone does it. Um, I think they just ran quite a bit of quick game. They also had an interception. And you might be thinking, why am I talking about that on the offense? Because it was, you might remember the play, where DeAndre Swift ran a angle route and Hurts threw the ball behind him. And there was obviously a miscommunication there. So I think the other thing they try to do is get the running back out the backfield. We haven't really seen Swift do that a lot. Like, it was a really big thing about six, seven weeks ago. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot and lot of running the ball. A lot of RPOs. I think, we spoke about this earlier on, Shane, but like, Jalen Hurts can throw some middle of the field now. If he throws a slant from an RPO, slant flat route, that counts as a good play against the Blitz. It doesn't have to be a hot route. I think everyone's gone a little bit OTT. We've been, it's ironic, we've been talking about hot routes for Years and now everyone's talking about it and I'm like, calm down about hot. Like just run a normal concept that's not everyone down the field in intermediate routes and you can also run that against the blitz as well. I think I don't think the I think we're going to see it a little bit more quick game. I think we're going to see a lot of RPO, uh, the RPO um, split zone flat player they run a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of inside zone split, uh, or oh, sorry, split zone, and then you're going to see that split uh, flow. Uh, where the tight end comes across the formations as if he's blocking. I think they're basically going to try and catch the Bucks linebackers out as much as they can because they're quite an aggressive style of defense. You can see from the numbers here, they blitz a lot. They play a lot of one high shells. Uh, they stack the box. Uh, they like basically to be aggressive. I think the other thing you might see, Shane, is I think you might see a return of screw it, let single high, let it fly down the field because I basically think when things go against the Eagles, I feel like they're quite aggressive in their. Uh, bounce back i've got a feeling they're going to play well on offense and everyone's going to laugh because i'm the optimist um i'm not particularly optimistic about the defense but i think they're going to play well on offense um that's really what the film fred showed before as we spoke about off the podcast it's hard to predict too much because the bucks have also seen this film fred so the bucks are going to say right look out for this look out for that however i'm not sure you can change the nature of your linebackers like that's not something you can coach for too much the bucks linebackers are really aggressive I expect to see like a lot of runs where you give them sort of eye candy. So it could be like counter bash uh, where you actually hand the ball off to the running back, but the Bucks linebackers see the uh, guard or center pull and go after him. I think you're going to see a lot of like slant routes with um, sort of the ability to run as well. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be desperate not to get in third and long. My gut is this might be a run the ball game because I think they are going to be make it everything they possibly can do in their power to not be third and long on this defense. Cause I think if you're third and like 10 third and 11, then it's hard to get into some of the stuff the Eagles want to do. I think if they can stay in third and four, third and three, then they can just run some quick game concepts and they can basically run that instead of having a specific plan against the blitz. Um, that's really all I've got for the offense. Um, is there anything else you wanted to throw out there in terms of what the Eagles might do this week? Or I'm ready to bounce when you are.
1: Yeah. Uh, just that, the Bucks have a safety, Antoine Winfield Jr., whose name you need to know. Uh, he was a Pro Bowl snub, and the Pro Bowl's a joke, and I don't care about it at all. But there are two safeties in the NFL this season that have played better than Antoine Winfield Jr., but there are not three. He is a top three safety in the league. He will traditionally be their single high safety, and I would not be surprised if you see him on A.J. Brown's hash a lot of the times. Uh, they don't play a tremendous amount of man coverage. It's a lot of zone coverage, and so he's gonna roam center field. Either way, it's really functionally the same for that middle field safety. They will bring him down in the box, but that's that's largely gonna be Ryan Neal in the box. Uh, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is a guy to keep an eye on. He can be a game wrecker uh for their defense if you let him. So uh that's the last thing I wanted to point out on defense, and we can click over to offense here, and we can see on offense. <clears throat> this isn't a very good offense. I mean, to be honest that you can look at their success rates here, uh, the things they do frequently, 11 and 12 personnel, they don't do successfully. Uh, they're the second highest usage of RPOs, but they're only 31st in success rate. They do a lot of play action, but they're 22nd in success rate. It's not a very good offense. And, uh, Baker Mayfield has really struggled in this, in the last several weeks, uh, Baker Mayfield, it, the Eagles should have better luck rushing against Baker Mayfield than they have against Tyrod Taylor and Kyler Murray. He's not that kind of an athlete, but he is still able to get out of the pocket and move. But the way you can beat Baker is by pressuring him. And I mean, the Eagles haven't pressured anybody in a long time, but uh, that's going to be a big thing that they need to do because when you look at their offense, they've got two really good pass catchers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And maybe you stick Darius Slay on Mike Evans and you say, that's your guy for the day. And maybe he does well against him. Uh, Mike Evans, good player. And he's a big physical player. And those guys give Slay trouble at times. It's also worth mentioning. This would be Slay's first game in a month. And we saw how Avante Maddox looked coming back from injury. And so, Slay gives you a lot of talent on defense back. I, I'm a little concerned about how he'll play. And then you've got Chris Godwin. Who's going to cover Chris Godwin out of the slot? Uh, Avante Maddox has struggled. If you manage to cover those guys up, their number three receiver is Rashad White, their running back. He's number three on the team in receiving yards. He's hard to bring down. And the Eagles have been really bad tacklers. So uh, you would like to see the pass rush just make Baker Mayfield implode. Because if not, i can see where this team would cause matchup problems for the eagles with their offense
0: yeah so i've got quite a little bit to say about the defense actually um but i'll run through it extremely quickly i'll just sort of throw everything out there um firstly in this game specifically uh evan scares the hell out of me on um darius slay unfortunately i don't think he's the type of player that slay is good against but i think the eagles got no choice but to basically use slay against them um I wonder if this is a game for Avante Maddox early downs, James Bradbury in the slot on third down to handle Godwin more and then get uh Keely Ringo on the outside. He's maybe a little bit more physical as well. And you don't mind the matchup as much. So the thing that's really interesting about this matchup, Shane, is don't go and read my Eagles defensive thread against the Bucks week three because, oh my goodness, I was so happy. Like, this was the best the Eagles run defense has looked in a long time. And what was great about it, Shane, was they used a four-man front. I am basically now team no more five-man fronts, I- I'm out. I-, I can't deal with it. Not because they're inherently bad, but because it was too bad in coverage. All they do is rush four anyway. They have to drop one of them out in coverage. It's so predictable. So if you look at my, um, if you do have my film, i tweet afterwards. There's loads of plays though. You can see, I'm not gonna go through them here now, but there's loads of plays where they were in a 4-2 front. It was Moreau and it was Cunningham who played well. And it was Jordan Davis dominating as a one technique, not as a no tackle um, in the five-man front. I would be a little bit radical, and I'm going to run a lot less Jalen Carter on early downs. I'm going to run a lot less Fletcher Cox on early downs. I'm going to run Milton Williams and Jordan Davis. I'm going to annoy people, but I might even play a little bit more Brandon Graham than Josh Wett on early downs this week because I think Josh Wett's just really gone off the boil a little bit. I'm going to be very simple. I'm going to run two two linebackers, Marrow and Cunningham behind them, and I think I would then get Maddox or Blankenship in, in, in the box. The Bucks like to run the ball, but they can't run it. So I think if the Eagles can stop it with a 4-2 front, if they could hope that that six can do a good enough job against the Bucks offensive line, then you can start playing a little bit more spit safety coverage, and you can start basically trying to double up uh, players like Evans and Godwin. I am very nervous about Evans, Godwin and Rashad White in the receiving game. I'll be honest, I don't know if the Eagles communications are going to allow them to do it, um, I'm worried about the matchups. But Jordan Davis was excellent the first time. That we played the Bucks, and the Eagles put a lot of four man fronts, and I was really, really impressed. So it might annoy people to say less Jalen Carter um, and more Milton Williams, but I may even be tempted to put some Jerome out there on first down and even Tui Peloto, to be honest, who I actually think is pretty good. Like, dare I say, you might even want to go. So if they're really committed to running the the Bucks, you might even want to do some Jordan Davis, Tui Piloto, uh defensive tackle lineups in a four man front. I'm going to go a bit old school and stop the run on early downs and then try and get him into third and long and play zone match or just play straight up cover two man because Baker Mayfield doesn't really extend plays that much anyway Um, he's not the biggest scrambler and cover two man has got out of fashion these days because it's so hard for mobile so easy for mobile quarterbacks to run Um, I don't think they're totally dead the Eagles defense like I think there is a chance I think they need to seriously simplify everything like as easy as right as third down we're going to play cover one man Darius is going to stay on Evans I don't care where they run don't care what the motion is you stay on your guy um, and if they get killed they get killed but I, I can't deal with like the miscommunication stuff i think the big thing for me though as i mentioned a few times is stick in a four-man front stop doing this five-man front stuff uh, last year i was the opposite by the way it's not just because i'm for the, fundamentally against it but the way they do it this year is it just means they only rush four anyway and one of the reddick or sweat has a drop into coverage and it's just not working so just play a four-man front let sweat and reddick know right your job is get upfield rush the quarterback stay in your rush lane Ignore everything else. We're not going to tell you to even worry about the other stuff you've got to do. Um, That would be my plan for this game. Um, I think that's pretty much it for me on the defensive side. Um, Anything in particular that you had to mention?
1: No, I think think that about covers it for me as well. Um, I mean, winning this game should be simple. You run the football because you can run on this team. The Eagles rushed for 201 yards in week three. Uh, And that does two things for you. It it keeps you ahead of the sticks and it keeps them from blitzing you. You want to blitz me. It's a run play. You can't sack Jalen hurts on a run play. So just run the ball. The Eagles have had success running the ball the last few weeks. I mean, against the giants, Kenny Gainwell averaged 10 yards per carry. And he got his final carry when it was three to zero and he didn't get the ball again until it was 24 to zero. That can't happen. You, you cannot allow a game to snowball like that. Um, you need answers for the Blitz. Maybe that's just going to have to be an offseason thing. So now your answer to the Blitz is run the football. And I am not a run the ball guy. In fact, I thought Johnny and I would argue about running the ball more than we have when we started this podcast together because I am not a run the ball guy. Just run the football. Just do it. Unless they're stopping it, just do it. Um, I just don't know that the Eagles will. I mean, like to rush for 200 yards, they had 40 carries in week three. Are the Eagles going to have 10 carries in the first half in this game? I, I really don't know. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Run the ball like you talked about, four down fronts. Simplify your defense. Stop trying to do, exo- stop trying fire zone pressures and, and, and dropping edge rushers and just just line up and play defense and hope that Darius Slay coming back is enough. to to squeeze this one out so that's pretty much where i'm at um i feel the eagles can win this football game everybody is very eagle centric and knows the eagles are playing bad the buccaneers are a bad football team right now the eagles are a bad football team the eagles are more talented than the buccaneers uh they've got to go into tampa and and they've just got to do it and if they don't we'll be on here reviewing the season next week and figuring out off-season content schedules but. This is a game that the Eagles should be expected to win.
0: Yeah, I think my final thought would be I I think the Eagles will win. I, I think. I think being in a way in the playoffs, um, I'm I'm less confident. I, I'm not convinced. I think the Bucks might have just enough. But if the Eagles play as well as they can, then they got a better team. Um it's just been so bad of late that who knows. But this team definitely has the ability to do it. If they don't. Expect some fireworks this off-season, Shane. Uh, I've just got a feeling this is this is the Eagles' window. Like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, these guys might be their last rodeo uh, for some of them, and I expect some organizational changes. But we'll get into all of that uh, in the next few weeks. But I think there's coaches coaching for their lives this week, not literally, uh, but coaching for their jobs, shall we say? Um, and I think if they get it wrong, I think a lot of them are going to struggle moving forward, especially with this organization.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of on the Shane page, a little bit of a different episode today. Uh, we managed to review a game and preview a game, and it might be our shortest episode yet because we're only an hour and five minutes. So um, hope you guys enjoyed this show. This is not a permanent format that we're trying out. It's just what you get when your starters play half a game and there's a playoff game. So uh, regardless of what happens this week, We will be back on the mic next week uh, with a hopefully a podcast talking about how the Eagles beat the Bucks, but we'll figure that out as we go. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Uh, You guys are awesome. All your likes and comments on YouTube are greatly appreciated reviews on Apple podcasts, greatly appreciated as well. Uh, If you have things you would like to hear from us uh, over the off season, schematic things, concepts you want us to go through and teach, Uh, we're definitely open to those things as we approach the off season and figure out how to format the show. So, uh, please reach out to one of us on Twitter, uh, and we will see you guys next week. Go birds.